Welcome to the Greenwich Means Business podcast. Welcome back to the Greenwich Means Business podcast. Today's episode, um, we're joined by Alex and Ashvi. Um, we're going to be talking about exam prep, how to manage stress and what support services um, are available within the university. Um, I'll pass over to you, Alex, to introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. So my name is Alexander Gushansky, or Alex. Um, I'm a senior lecturer in economics at the University of Greenwich. Um, so, well, I research and teach. I mainly research on topics such as income inequality, so why did the rich get richer, the poor stay poor in the last 40 years or so? Why do wages of managers increase faster than wages, uh, wages of cleaners? Yeah. These kind of things. Um, and I teach macroeconomics in year three okay. in the BC economics program and statistics for economics and finance in year one for BSc econ and BA business econ. Well, sounds good. Ashley? So my name is Ashley Asara. And I study VSC Economics at the University of Greenwich. Um, but right now, I'm actually doing a placement at the marketing oh. office <laughs> as a marketing and administrative assistant. Fair enough. We'll start off with um, uh, looking at uh, advice. Do you have any advice for students um, about stress management um, and how to prepare for assignments and exams? I mean, I don't know. I guess as a first instance, uh, I'd say you know, exams and assignments are going to be stressful, right? That's not full of yeah. Um If you're asking me for advice, I guess I would give two pieces of advice. I would give a sort of medium-term advice for someone who's, say, you know, a month or six weeks away from an exam or an assignment. Yeah. And there, I mean, the crucial thing is uh, time management. You yeah. know, if you manage to, to study for this uh, exam, if you manage to keep up, you know, do, do your um, tutorial exercises, read up the textbook. While the material is, is being taught, um, you, you're going to gain, you know, sleep before the yeah, exam. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get some time to get, yeah. to get rest and be able to perform in your best, uh, at your best. If, you know, if you want advice for, like, you have a week or a couple of days before, before the exam or the assignment, I think my main advice would be to do strategic learning or strategic writing. Okay. Like, that, that's what really helped me when I was a student. Like, starting to think not as a student, but as a lecturer. Yeah. What does the lecturer want you to take away from the material that, that yeah. you've taught? You know, what is the core message? What do you need to definitely talk about in your assignment to, to pass it? Mm -hmm. What kind of questions obviously kind of naturally emerge from the material that you have been taught? And that will come up in the exam. Yeah. And the lecturers, they, I mean, if you look, if you go through the material, they usually give a lot of hints. Like it's, it's always, it's usually going into, into quite a specific direction. Yeah. In what they want, yeah. So, um, yeah, disregard some of the details and focus on, on the essential bits that, that you need. Um, and from there, move, move on. Yeah. And get the stress ball. Of course, yeah. We've got about 50 downstairs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and um, what is one, one piece of advice you'd give to your first year self, looking back now? Back to those ancient times. Um, <laughs> so to my first year self, I guess the main piece of advice I'd give to myself is that, you know, work hard, do your best. Um, 
remember that your your grades, how well you do at the exam, does not define you. Yeah. There's plenty of people who have you know done mediocre at university and dropped out of university, and you know went on to do to do really great things. Mm. And the university experience, I think, is about more than getting really high grades. Yeah. You know, remember why you're here. Like, remember what motivated you, say, to study economics, marketing, you know, history, whatever you're studying, um, and cling on to that. Find out about this. Um, if you don't know why you're here, then find something that interests you. You know, whether it's making a lot of money in the financial industry yeah. or preventing the looming financial collapse, uh, uh, climate collapse or, you know, fighting income inequality. Th those things, if you cling on to them and, and work through them, I think is much, often, much more valuable than, you know, focusing on the pure performance of the grades. I'm going to get yeah. you much further. Okay, perfect. Um, we'll hand over to you, Ashley. Um, what, what, what type of student are you when it comes to exams? I am incredibly anxious. Oh. Like, incredibly. My hands sweat, like, my heart palpates the entire time. Sometimes I forget how to write letters in the middle of exams. I'll just be like, oh no, how do I write P? Like, I just forget. And then I have to like sit for like two minutes trying to remember how to write the letter P. So I'm very anxious. Yeah. And at those moments, so what I do is just like, there's like a breathing exercise that I learned from the fire department. Okay. Which did, is like how did you come across that? Did you just research this? Or? I just like how to ground yourself during anxious episodes. And okay. I was like, okay. it was like four seconds of breathing in, yeah. seven seconds of holding your breath, and then eight seconds of like exhaling and just repeat that. Do you ever pass out? But I do that till I'm like, okay, I'm normal. I can focus. And just like, I know a lot of people struggle with like their ADHD and stuff as well during exams because they can't hold their concentration long enough. Mm -hmm. And in those moments as well, like I think you need to do some like sort of grounding exercises while you're giving the exams to make sure that you can actually like keep writing and stuff. Yeah. Um, but as <laughs> in terms of preparation and stuff, I'm, as I said, I'm very anxious. So stress is what like drives me. Mm -hmm. So I'm very like, I procrastinate quite a bit, honestly, when it comes to assignments and stuff. So if I'm not stressed out about it, it's not something I'm thinking about. Yeah. And it's not something I'm working on, which is really bad. Like you should technically like spread your work over a lot, like over time and like actually absorb the material and stuff, which I do now. Mm -hmm. But when you actually start studying like in an academic setting, like randomly, it's like very different from school. It's very serious and stuff, but you don't take it that seriously because you just came from like a regular environment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just kind of procrastinated a lot. And like two days before my essay, I'm just like, okay, now I'm doing it. So I'd be like coffee and just sit down and like don't sleep for like two days and just do it, Yeah. which is bad, but. Has yeah. anything has anything changed about your approach to it since when from when you started at the university? Yeah, so now to, like obviously now. I found like a community of people who like actually want to work together. So now I have like a bunch of friends from my course who want to study together, which makes it more of like a social activity than just like, you know, yeah. you're begrudgingly like doing something that you don't want to do. So yeah. there's like an amazing library we have, like you just go there. There's like sleeping pods as well if you want to sleep or something or like meeting rooms or like study pods. It's just like a tiny little room with just you and your friend or something. 
and you just go together in the morning, get Starbucks, like, just study together, and yeah, it's, it's just way better that way, because you get to bounce your ideas off of each other as well, when it comes to any sort of, like, assignments that you have to, like, come up with on your own, yeah. or, like, if you're not understanding anything, you can actually, like, ask your friend who probably gets it, and just do vice versa, Yeah. so I do that way more now. So, I guess you've already kind of touched on it, but what is like the biggest piece of advice you'd give yourself starting like first day at Greenwich starting going back obviously now in your third year this was like such a big thing I don't know why everyone I think it was because everyone was like very anxious Mm. or like very like um, intimidated by university and they kept saying like oh first year doesn't count towards your grades so don't focus on it was this before you came to university no it was like literally when I joined Right, like okay. right when I joined that was the mindset I was just like okay do it but it's first year yeah. but honestly like second and third year are so based upon the things that you learn in first year mm-hmm. so if you don't actually focus on the stuff you're learning then you're going to be absolutely like dinged and when it comes to second and third year you're not going to be able to catch up with anyone you're not going to be able to like actually understand anything at all so I think that is the first like piece of advice that I would give to my older self, like really actually focus on the stuff you're learning and don't just like, you know, memorize it for a week and then, you know, let it leave your brain. So Alex, um, do you know of any support that the university um, offers? And could you go into a little bit about your role as a personal tutor, what it entails and, and what that is? Yeah, sure. So in terms of support that the university offers, so. I, as I mentioned, I'm teaching uh, statistics and macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. So both of these modules rely on a lot of quantitative skills and statistics quite obvious and then yeah. the macro relies on economic modeling and so on. So there's quite a lot of maths involved. So the university has a service called MASH, which right. uh, thanks stands for Mathematics and Statistics Help, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mistaken. So they, you know, they um, offer, which is actually quite amazing, they offer a drop-in service. You don't even have to register. Um, you can go and I think it's every Wednesday uh, in the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drop in at 12 and they're going to help you with mathematical questions that you have on, on your module. Okay. Aside from that, there's also um, a set of services that are offered by the library, um, you know, starting with uh, critical thinking, but also writing for the exam, um, the sort of scientific writing for the exam, I, I believe, um, paraphrasing, you know, the, proofreading one-to-one sessions, referencing, what kind of reference and referencing yeah. software to use. So I think those are, are really helpful. And I mean, I, I believe personally, probably the most important kind of service are the lecturers that are there. Um, like literally every lecturer um, has office hours, every lecturer will be very happy to talk to the students if they have questions. Mm-hmm. The main advice I would give there is to come with specific questions. So it's never annoying if you have uh, like a lot of questions or yeah. if, you, if you need clarification on anything. As long as the question is specific, you know, if the lecturer yeah. sees that, okay, this person has done some thinking and is stuck at a certain point, like most of my colleagues are, will be very, very, all of my colleagues will be very happy to, to help. And in terms of the personal tutoring, so every student has a personal tutor. Okay. Um, so each student should be able to see that to see who the personal tutor is so they should have received an email from the personal t- tutor within the first yeah. uh, couple of weeks or months in the first place and if this email is lost um, on the portal um, and on the student 
profile on, on either on the portal or on banner, mm. the students should be able to see who the personal tutor is. And the, the personal tutor is basically like the first contact at university. Yeah. So you're lost, you know, you're, um, you have some questions about university life, you have some questions about career progress later on, you're wondering whether you should work in the financial industry or whether you should join the government economic service or yeah. what kind of courses you should choose to go in either way of the careers. Yeah. All of these questions can be addressed to the personal tutor and um, can be discussed uh, with them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you haven't... Um, you, you, you should, most students surely have been contacted by their personal tutor. If something went wrong, find out who your personal tutor is mm -hmm. and uh, don't be afraid to, to get in touch with them. Okay. Um, Hashvi, do you want to talk about personal tutors? How You, you must have one and uh, yes, what are they like? They're sitting right next to me. <laughs> oh my God, a twist. <laughs> Channel and twist. Well, yeah, so so yeah, would Alex you... was actually my personal tutor. He's probably going to be when I go back. I'm not sure if he's going to be still, but... So is that how that works? The tutor is the tutor for the duration of their three three years or however many years? Ideally, yeah. I mean, Ashby is a complicated case with the placement here, but she's very unlucky. She's going to keep me as a personal tutor. No, I remember, like, I think with the first week of us starting classes and stuff, I had a meeting with you, like, separately from everyone else, and just, like, you asked me, like, like details about why I want to study economics and like what I'm doing with my life and like if I need any help and stuff. So I think even like right before I got my placement, um, I was really, really concerned about my visa because it was the pandemic mm -hmm. and I was like, oh no, I'm not going to get a job. Like, and my visa is four years because it includes a placement. Right, yeah. And so I was like, oh, if I don't get a placement, like, does my visa just get cancelled? Um, so I immediately got in touch with my personal tutor and yeah. um, I was like, okay, I need help. Like, what am I meant to do? And then I think you just calmed me down. You were like, okay, I'll get in touch with this and this and this team. And he like, at, like, um, forwarded to everyone basically that was relevant <laughs> yeah. and they got back to me like really quickly and were like, oh, this is what you need to do. So yeah, that's like who your personal tutor should be ideally. Hopefully everyone has a good one like that. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> Don't be too flattered. <laughs> I'm only saying it because you're in the same room. <laughs> um, but okay. yeah, um, but other than that, like there's other methods of like support that you can get mm -hmm. um, from the university. Mostly like I feel it has to be, you know, fellow students. So like societies, there's so many societies that we have, honestly. Yeah. There's so many and there's going to be one for any random interest that you have. In terms of that, like it's really good for you know, whenever you're stressed out and stuff, you, the societies are constantly having events that, mm -hmm. especially during like exam season where they're gonna help you de-stress. Mm -hmm. So I think there was one where it was like, just go to a room and just like paint random stuff, <laughs> like just random things all together just to de-stress. There was one where you had to like go, go somewhere and like pet a bunch of puppies. <laughs> like- Okay, which society is this? It was, um, it was my society. So Mind Society is like a mental health society, so they do a lot, like they constantly post on like how to de-stress, like how to deal with like your emotions, what to do during like if you're having any issues with like your mental health and stuff. And yeah. there's a lot of like ways that you can reach out if you're having any issues with stuff like that. Um, but also there's like subject specific societies. 
So like I joined the economics and business society, but because I was interested in marketing, I joined that. So that's going to be like convenient for you to join during exam season. Cause obviously if these people are interested in the same level, in the same subject as you and you're studying it and they're probably going to be like, there's going to be people who are like a year ahead of you mm-hmm. that are going to know a bit more about your course and maybe be able to help you with your exams and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like keep an eye out. And you can access all of these on the SU website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally, just go to the SU website. There's like a list that says societies. They're all categorized. It's very easy to find. Like it's if if you can't find out, um, it's also available on Instagram. I think most of them have Instagram accounts. Mm. So just like randomly search something, and it'll probably pop up. Follow us on Instagram. (laughs) Gree business at Gree business. At Gree business. So we've got some. Questions come through from our Instagram account, from um, students or just followers. Um, first one, or direct towards Alex, which is, um, how should you, or how would you advise, one structure their essay? Whoa. Trap um, question. To be honest, this is an amazing question. Thank because, you. Well, um, no, because seriously, because I think that um, a lot of the time students lose points, um, even though they have really great ideas, but they lose points because of the structure of the essay that they submit. So my my advice is be, and I think this is probably the the hardest thing, to be really, really boring with the structure. Follow the, you know, the typical structure that that you can see everywhere. So you have an introduction, Mm -hmm. you have a literature review. You have, you know, if, if it's your dissertation or if it's a more, I don't know, say, an econometrics piece of work, you have a section on methodology, mm-hmm. what kind of methods you're going to be using, etc. You have an analysis section where you um, do either do your analysis for quantitative subjects where you run regressions and report the results or for more um, qualitative topics where you, you know, analyze the, the literature around your, your research question mm. um, and then you have a, a results section where you summarize the results and then a conclusion where you conclude conclude the stuff. So I think these are like, I think there were six sections. So intro, uh, introduction, literature review, methodology if you need it, yeah. um, analysis, results and conclusion. And I think it's kind of painful to stick to this boring structure. But my advice is be boring with the structure and be exciting with your ideas. You know, p- put in the emphasis on, on, on the content that you write and don't try to make the structure um, exciting. Yeah. And I would, I mean, my personal, what helped me personally, because I struggled a lot with um, essay writing when I was a student, because economics is a very, the way in which, in which I learned it was a very quantitative subject. Literally, the first essay I wrote was my dissertation. Mm-hmm. And that was a nightmare uh, yeah. during my undergraduate years. So my, my genuine advice would be to have this structure and to fill out, when you start writing an essay or your dissertation, to fill out each of those sections with a couple of bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to write in your literature review? What are you going to write in your analysis section? And don't actually start and waste time on formulating the sentences before you have filled out the whole structure with a set of bullet points. Then look at it, see if it makes sense, and adjust this um, towards the end. And I would, like the introduction is actually what I would write last, because this is what, once you know everything, it's much easier to write um, 
the introduction. Okay. Um, this question um, for Ashby. Um, who should you go to first if you're overwhelmed about an assignment and do not understand? Um, well, I usually go to the person who assigned the assignment. Oh, controversial. <laughs> yeah. So probably be like your tutor or your lecturer or someone. And a lot of people do feel uncomfortable to do that. I know they feel a bit shy and they don't do it. Yeah. But honestly, have no shame when it comes to that. Like you're only going to benefit yourself if you ask questions and like embarrass yourself a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, even if it's a really stupid question or something, just go ask um, your lecturer um, or your, you know, um, your tutor. Um, tutors are a bit more involved, I think, so they will give you a bit more time. Um, and I think lecturers also have office hours that you can go yeah. to. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like during class or anything. So you're like a bit shy to go up in front of your classmates. You can go after to their office like um, so that you can actually like talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then this last one for you, Alex. Um, where can uh, you find relevant papers and resources? Um, when you're writing an essay, for example. Yeah. I mean, I, I would suggest to look at Google Scholar. I think it's you know it's a perfectly legitimate source to find to find things. Um, okay. There's similar kind of. Um, say platforms where you can search for stuff like JSTOR um, and so on. But I would, for, for me, um, I think the most helpful thing is to start off with the literature that the, the lecturer have, or the module leader has suggested for your assignment. Yeah. And then use what is referred to as the snowball principle. Right. So you have an article that is given to you for your assignment, say, I don't know, you're researching the impact of income inequality on economic growth. You have some article that yeah. talks about this and then you, you want to write an essay about it. So you go to this article, you look, what kind of resources does this article cite? Mm -hmm. Then you go and read those resources, you know, read those papers. Yeah. Then you look who cites this article and you read those papers, yeah. who cites this article that was given to you by the lecturer. Um, and from there you work your way, your way forward. Okay. I mean, like Wikipedia is an amazing source. I would, I Wikipedia everything all around me. So um, I would definitely start with that. Just you know, watch out that you don't cite it as yeah. a as a reference. Um, a couple more questions, actually. Um, Ashley, I'll word it how it's been written. Who do I speak to about my mental health? Oh, um, so if you're a student and it's struggling with your mental health, um, we have like services. Yeah. Um, on the university portal that you can access. So there's like um, people you can talk to. So it's called like Together All or something. Yeah. Um, so you just go there, you can sign up, book an appointment with like a counselor who's going to talk to you. And um, obviously if it's something a little bit more serious, they're going to refer you to someone a bit more experienced. By counselor, obviously, because they're not like technically qualified like fully they they can't actually like you know be your therapist mm -hmm. so they're just going to give you support and like talk you through your problems and stuff but if you need a little bit more i would suggest like you know um going to your personal tutor and asking them if they know of any you know any way that you can access like health services to get in touch with you know actual like professionals who can help you yeah um, and I think there's some stuff on the on social media on our platforms about together all as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. If I can uh, chip in on that, can I? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah so um, I just think that that yeah that I think that's really important. The only thing I I wanted to add is that there is the um, uh, well-being service. I think that's part of Together All. So the student yeah. well-being service. I think they call like personally all students, right. and they'll like check up on you randomly. So they'll like you'll get a call randomly from someone who works at the university mm. will be like asking you questions about everything and seeing if you're okay or not. Yeah. So I just know because I think the only thing that I wanted to add is that this is, I think this is super important and we don't like, there's this social stigma of talking about mental health, but actually I think people don't realize how many people are, you know, suffering from that. And, um, I've throughout, you know, my, my whole academic career, um, mental health problems among students, among staff is, something that is very, very present. So I was, I was very um, impressed with what you, what you said previously about the mind society and those kind of things. I think it's, it's cool. I think it's important that we talk about this and you know, realize that much more people are suffering from, from bad mental health than, than we're probably yeah. aware of. So. I mean, London is a very, very big city, even for people who don't move from abroad, like even for mm. people who live in the UK. Yeah. And it's very isolating as a city. Mm. So it makes sense that people would struggle. So, I mean, the university has so many, not just the university, has the student body itself has so many um, ways that you can reach out and just like ask for some sort of support. So you don't necessarily have to be alone. I know it feels like you're alone, but you're actually not. Yeah. Um, so switching gears slightly, um, uh, Back to what you kind of talked about, Alex, but directing it towards you, Ashley. What um, other external sources do you find most helpful during exam season? This is like, I don't know if this is very common, but I really love watching study vlogs. Oh, yeah. So I'll like turn on the TV and put up a video of someone studying the whole day. Okay. And they'll study along with me. It feels like, it feels motivating because they're, they have all these like pretty like, notepads and like pens and they're like actually productive and you're like okay i want to be that so there's that okay. and then you have some lo-fi hip-hop music playing in the background yeah. i think every student knows that playlist on youtube right. <laughs> so that and also like just um honestly i think there's like an app called like microsoft to do which i didn't know like existed till i started like actually trying to get all my assignments together and stuff in my mm -hmm. head because obviously there's like on Moodle you can see what's coming up and stuff but there's so many more like tiny little assignments that you would have to do so I think Microsoft to do is really helpful because you can just yeah. set your own deadlines and stuff like that okay um, and then last question for you Alex um, are there any chances to uh, take exams or assignments if you've done bad in the first instance I mean the Simple answer to this is no, right? Yeah. So at, at the university, you, you have one shot um, at an assignment and, to, and an exam. Um, there is a slight qualifier to this. So mm -hmm. if you feel that your performance has been impacted by some sort of um, you know, unforeseen event or, or, or something else and you couldn't perform um, up to your best standards, mm -hmm. you can submit an extenuating circumstances claim. Right. Yeah. So there are various categories of that. The system is actually a bit complicated. So 
but if you, you had a valid, valid reason, um, I don't know, for example, the death of a family member or, or something like that, and that impacted your performance during an, an assignment, then you um, can be given the chance to either reset this assignment mm -hmm. or, or um, I think that's all you get, you get. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happens, but it, will, it can be taken into account. Yeah, okay. Um, well, thank you so much for both coming on the podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you both. Um, that's the end of the podcast. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, um, at GRE Business, uh, you'll find a highlight at the top of our feed with a link to what we talked about today. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to never miss an episode.